This episode of Super Pulp Science is brought to you by the many talented vendors and artists at Winnipeg Comic Con, including Chris Simonite and Quirky Licious, and of course, GMB Kamichuk and Chasing Artwork. They're all at the RBC Convention Center this weekend. Stop by and say hi. Attention, citizens. It's time for Super Pulp Science. This is Super Pulp Science, where we talk about how genre gets made. This is a very special, in the wild, recording... On location. On location episode of Super Pulp Science. I'm here, hunkered down, watching the native wildlife of Winnipeg Comic Con with two fellow observers, Dan Vatabonker... Dan, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. It's it's uh, feels good to be here. It's weird, is it? Right? Like it's a little surreal. That other voice is Justin Curry, also known as Chasing Artwork. Mm-hmm. We're a little nervous. We're a little scared. It's first time back for me in two years to a show. Yeah. Justin's got a little more under his belt than me, so if I sound a little apprehensive, it's because at any moment, weird convention shenanigans could happen. Like somebody just went by with a suitcase full of what swords. Comics, books, toys, who knows? Anything could happen here, Dan. I don't know if it's swords. Short swords. Yeah, it could be short swords. True. Could be daggers. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Justin, how are you feeling? Good. Like, the the local show, there's always, I think, like, a little more, not pressure, but, like, you can bring everything, so you want to bring everything. So you almost, you overpack and overplan and... It's it's almost kind of nice having that like the the plane restrictors on because you can't you can't feel bad about not bringing enough because you brought as much as as you possible. humanly possible. Well, this time though, I will say that the um, absolutely incredible packing award, the Tetris award, goes to Justin Curry, known the world over as Chasing Artwork, well, but we'll he see. should be known as Car Packing Extraordinaire. I guess we'll see by the end of the show, right? How what did we miss? I guess so. That's true. Again, yeah, this is the first show in a long time. You tend to forget things that used to be, you know, always kind of in the back of your mind. Now, the other advantage of it being a a home show is that you can always go home tonight and get something. true. And bring it in tomorrow morning because you have, you can always get and bring in more stuff. So there's that. I always find too, like I have a lot of conversations where people ask for something very specific and I can't get it for them at the show, but let's contact each other and arrange for something in the next week or two. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's always a bit of fallout sales after the convention with locals who want, you know, that one thing bigger as a poster. Yes. Or and we're doing a piece. pop-up. Well, pop-up is the wrong word. We're just doing a first Fridays first in Friday. the exchange. So our studio will be open after. So we have this nice kind of dovetail of being able to say, if you don't want to take it home now, or if you don't, you know, you want to don't want it shipped. You can just come pick it up next week at the studio. We did that. Like, uh, Winnipeg has first Fridays. The first Friday of every month, uh, studios kind of open their doors and people go around downtown checking out things. And we figured, since we're setting up for a show and we're going to bring everything back, rather than throw it into storage until 2022, let's just kind of set it back up as we unpack it and have a show next weekend as well. Mm -hmm. That sounds good. So it sounds like prudent planning, but what it really is is... Laziness. Yeah, in a way, opportunism, <laughs> I prefer. Two opportunism. Bird, the, the lazy stone is there. <laughs> the lazy stone, the lazy stone the, the gets lazy the bird. slow bird. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we'll yeah. make a new one. Make a new one up. It one is, of the birds is lazy. It 
is very strange because the last time I was in this location, of course, was for my vaccination. vaccination which is and so, still happening over there. Yeah, yes. so to see it in this new context, to remember it in that context coming here and then to see it in this context again, it feels like hope. Then that's good. So what would you say the, um, the size of the show is compared to like the floor plan of the last one that we did here? I think maybe a third. I was going to, yeah, a third? Maybe half. I think a third. It's hard to judge because they have done a really excellent job of putting a lot of space between the mm-hmm. booths and the corridors and things. And to be honest, I have not been in this new space a ton. Like this is, a, you know, our convention center was expanded a few years back. And I think we only had one C4 in that space before two? I think two. two okay. Yeah. So before they stopped. So, so, uh, but I don't remember, and I don't think I worked that one. <laughs> I don't think I worked either of those for, for C4. So I I'm not familiar with the space. I don't know how much room is on that other side. Right. So I don't know how much is, uh, is, uh, happening. Hmm. One thing that familiar faces walking by as well. (laughs) Talking about packing and getting stuff together for the show. One thing that was nice about the home show is I, of course, can bring my whole catalog, essentially. Some of every book almost that I have. If I have it in stock, if I have some somewhere, I brought them here. So right back to the Imagination Manifesto, I brought stock to the home show. And there's always somebody. um, It's usually Calgary, sometimes Toronto, someone who comes up and asks for that back catalog yes they want it signed or they want it whatever one thing that you did years ago that nobody asked about except for that one right so there's no it's not prudent to bring it but now i have everything so and i have uh yeah now you guys are in mid setup right now you paused in your setup to do this but you're gonna go right back into it as soon as we're done recording here we have we we were really on top of the ball we uh we have until five o'clock today i think it's just after noon right now so we've got lots and lots of time but we we like the idea of kind of getting everything done first thing in the morning and then having a bit of time to just relax. Because the last yeah. thing you want to do is be set up right as the doors open. Yeah, our modus operandi, local or abroad, is as soon as you can get up and get in, do it. Yeah. Because something inevitably will go wrong. And if it doesn't, man, you have a wonderful afternoon before the show starts yeah. that is so much so much fun relax. to walk or even walk around and look at all the other vendors before the doors open so yeah. you can see what everybody else has and all their art and everything that they're doing um yeah it's just a great i love walking around before the con starts it's kind mm. of exciting now justin yeah got to be a regular person at a show recently oh, so yeah. I, I just got back from vacation in halifax i went to yeah halifax and pei and cape britain and like we toured all around the east coast of, of Canada, and uh, it was great. And I was also there the weekend of the Halifax Comic Con, so I couldn't I couldn't have my own table, but I attended like a normal person on Sunday. When's the last time you did that? It's funny that we called them normal people. <laughs> <laughs> we were like normal people. <laughs> I think in 2007, okay. I attended one day of Icon. And that's and the then only time I've ever attended a show as a normie. Were you back the next day as a vendor? Is that what? No, <laughs> that, that, that was kind of, that was, that was like, like my research. First, yeah, yeah, okay. This was that. pre-doing it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I was kind of scoping out how it all worked. Yeah. And um, then you've done like 20 or 30 shows every so year how was since it? then. Yeah. It was really good. It yeah. was uh, like same kind of deals here. Like they've they've kept it a lot smaller. Um, they didn't even allow, if you weren't local, you couldn't do the show. Like they okay. kept all their exhibitors local, which I thought was... That was really nice. Like it makes people feel safer and it just gives like the, especially like the smaller people who are starting out, it kind of gives them a little more, um, a little more attention. Like they're not swamped by all those big wigs coming from. And I'll say that's been nice for this show too. Uh, I mean, we got here early, so I don't know about people arriving right now, but when we got here early, everyone was so friendly and so happy and there was no like angry Vax card demands. It was just like a pleasant part 
of load in. And that was really nice. Worth mentioning, though, it did, like, it slowed things down a little bit. So if you are doing a show in the next little while and that's a factor, like, give yourself a little bit more time. At least an time. extra hour. Just assume the line yeah. will be shorter. Everyone's just doing their best mm -hmm. to keep everyone else yeah. safe. So plan for that. So one of the things I noticed when, like, walking around as a normal person at a as a customer <laughs> at a convention, not normal, <laughs> no. as a customer, was... Um, how it could the be the earthly side of the veil is weird because i had this secret right like secretly like i know what is going on <laughs> i know how to do this I've right i've seen behind the curtain yeah <laughs> you're like a magician sitting in the front row right? um it was like i was really analyzing the interactions with different booths and depending on their setup how easy that interaction was or how awkward it could be and, and there I'll was make some... a side note that comedians call this going to school. When a comedian mm. sits in the front row of another comedian's show, nah. call it going. So you went to school. I at went the to Halifax school, and I was kind of yeah. I was also like the second I walked into the convention center and started going up the escalator, this huge like hit of anxiety because I've never been in this situation where I haven't had to rush back to my table, go set up, go do this. Like my body just assumed, okay, it's time to go to work. <laughs> So it took me a while to like just calm down. Oh, your muscle and, memory. As soon as you saw yeah. those lanyards, you were just like, yes. "Oh no, where's my booth setup?" Yeah. <laughs> Smeagol did it once. He can do it again. It's us. So I just kind of noticed, like, when you're setting up your booth, if you're you're new or um, thinking about getting a table, and you're you're thinking about your setup, when when somebody is walking around, a customer is walking around, and they're, they want to stop by your booth, if there's a portfolio or a book or something that they can flip through or do at your table, it's so much more approachable. But when you just have artwork sitting there, and I have to come up, and you don't say anything, so I have to start a conversation. Just in the car right here, Justin, we were trying to think of what a name for what we're trying to talk about is, and Justin... Put it so succinctly. He said it's like in the hero's journey. It's the call to action. You want a person who's coming who is not sure whether or not they are even interested to not have an awkward pause, right? And so our portfolio, we always have an open portfolio and we're flipping through it. And if they look and they're not sure, we just invite them, hey, come and take a look. And there's a moment that they can interact. And now you ignore them. You step away. You leave them alone. And there's no like awkwardness where you stand Hoping they'll say something Watch, nice. I'm doing, I'm doing it right now. I'm just standing up and like... Yeah, it makes me feel awkward. Dan hovering, is standing hovering. over me right now. And then I'm standing just like <laughs> staring back at you, right? And especially like if they're not making the first move, if they're not like... Like standing the wrong way in the elevator feeling. Oh, yes. Yeah. So like, it, so I was just thinking like, okay, if this is making me awkward and this is like my world, like what does a person who... This what is the first convention. Like person? what is this like for them? Civilians. It's, yeah, for civilians, yeah. for yeah, normal people. So it was it was very interesting going through that process, being like just a, a normal off the street customer, seeing it from that other side. Was there a standout moment where you felt, ah, now this is right? Um, there was a publisher, uh, a Halifax-based publisher. I forget their name. They they specifically publish weird stuff. Which is why I picked up some stuff for them because I thought you and Jay what are you, Paul. Just what are you saying? Yeah, <laughs> he's saying you're weird, Greg. It yeah. seemed like they would be a good fit for for you guys, but they uh, they did a great job of. Um, On my boot setup right now, I literally have like 82 point font that says the word weird. <laughs> <laughs> kind of handing me things and then leaving me alone. 
is that right. yeah. you don't want to like kind of be hovering over the person's shoulder the entire time they're at the booth. You kind of want to do like brief little, hey, hello, and then it's give the them the space. It's the opposite in a way. When you're selling art or books or things like that, it's the opposite in a way to like trying to sell a piece of electronics where you want to be, the, that person is always hands-on. Let me show you everything about it. Let mm -hmm. me talk to you. Let me do all this stuff. If they are not engaging with you when they're a reader, it's probably because they're a reader. Mm -hmm. They're going to make their own judgment call, right? When so, they read it. Yeah, when they read it. And so sometimes then they'll, there's, this is the body language I'm used to. So someone will come up, they'll pick up the book. They'll look at the cover. They, they flip it over. They read the back. And then there's a moment as their finger pauses somewhere where they look up and they'll say, tell me about this. Right. What's this about? Is this appropriate for a X years old? Yeah. Right? That's the moment to engage with that. Now, um, what do you do in the meantime? You can't see, okay, stand there awkwardly. So that's, that's the other thing. I, I loved it when the artist was at their table sketching. Yes. Or doing, like, they were, they were kind of busy on, like, not necessarily on their not phone. Not on their phone. But as Don't soon as there was phone. an artist sketching at their table and then kind of looked up, gave me a hello, and then went back to work, like, that seemed the most inviting and yeah. the easiest to... Interact with. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> get, get all the sound of the, the suitcase coming off the suitcase coming off the. Yeah. We are we are right in front, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You're here with us. I feel like Ruby Rod right now, except <laughs> Corbin Corbin Dallas. Uh, we're right by the escalators where people who don't know they were supposed to come through the loading dock have been bringing their stuff up, which is... Was everybody supposed to come through the loading there's dock? There's a... Yeah, there was a big oh, bolded thing that said, <laughs> under no <laughs> circumstances, bring your stuff past us where we are right Clearly now. Clearly, you didn't uh, see that, they the big bolded that. thing. Yeah. No. I, as a customer, and I, I've been a customer a lot more than you have, Justin, mm -hmm. um, uh, I've, I actually like that. That makes me feel like... That that you're practicing, <laughs> that you're getting better at being an artist, right? That you're 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 working on your craft even as you're sitting there selling your yeah. your wares, right? So I like that idea of the uh, the artist sketching. Well, and in our case, we usually have put on hold like all week this week. I had to just everyone who reached out for emails, you know, whether they were publisher related or uh, agent stuff or collaborators, just be like, this week I'm doing the show. So then while you're at the show, it's usually me figuring out all of those things that I have to do when I'm not actively engaged with somebody. Yes. I'm thumbnailing something, I'm making a list, I'm drawing a cover, I'm doing whatever. And so even that act of having another place for your attention relaxes people who are just wanting to browse. You know, you don't act like you're too busy for them. You just show them that this is just part of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. now, you guys are feeling nervous because it's your first, well, you for sure, because it's your first con back in a long time. I'll now, see that I might not have fun. What if I don't well, like it? Well, you're going to like it. What if uh, people are the worst now? I used well, to love people. That's my question, worst? though. What do you think the people coming, are, are they going to be nervous? Are they going to be apprehensive about it? What do you think they're going to be Yeah, feeling? like they, this is probably a lot of people's first big event with any kind of crowd in a yeah, long time. Other than time. sporting events, this is all, yeah. like, there has not been anything of no. this size. And I also had some very strange messages from... Not strange. I don't think they listen to the podcast. But anyway, people who I know are definitely not interested in vaccination, who are very interested in my Minus Institute posters, mm. which are like all about questioning authority. Mm -hmm. But they're upset they can't come to the show to buy them. Well, you do have a website. You're right. But I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. I was 
careful not to immediately mention to them, oh, we're doing an open house. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you still have to be vaccinated yes. for that. Yes, still have to be vaccinated for that. Yeah. And wear a mask, yeah. Um, <sighs> sorry, I think I cut you off. You were on the on the cusp. Uh, I think, like, I was... I was going to mention, like we had mentioned when I did the Calgary show, just how your your social endurance is oh. way down. It's like, it's very, yeah, it has not been working out very often. So just coming and interacting with this many people, I think is going to be a little more exhausting than most yeah. people are used to. Well, so I, probably shorter shifts of... I have know. a helper. I made sure yeah. that I have a helper for the whole show this time too, for that exact reason, in mm-hmm. case I just need to, I'm out of here. <laughs> for a little while um, but I was also going to say I've said mentioned before on other episodes that I am a uh, introvert by nature and an extrovert by training but I've basically not been training right for two years right right so that's where I worry that I will just like shut down and be like actually I'd rather just sketch <laughs> do whatever you guys want with this booth I'm going to be back here <laughs> sketching yeah I feel like the recovery is going to be longer than usual mm-hmm. like normally yeah, yeah. we'd bounce back and, and yeah, do another show immediately. Well, I guess we kind of are. But. Even in this smaller space, I, me- I intentionally made a backstage. I, I peaked yes. my thing so that I have a place where I can slip between the two banners. It's just about maybe f- two feet by three feet, but it's like hidden behind the booth where if I need to just vanish from people and leave everything to my helper for a bit, I can just poof like a magician's trick, which I normally don't do. I don't build that in usually. But you guys did that at San Diego one year, didn't you? Yeah, but that Best was... thing ever. Yeah. San New Diego, York too. That's different. Yes. Yeah. There's hundreds of thousands of people. Here there'll be like, what, 10,000 maybe? Maybe, yeah. Right? So, yeah. So I just like, uh, you know, just prepping for it a little bit. Coming up the ramp through the security and loading and the rattle of the carts and the little bit too bright halogen lights and the whole thing really does remind you what a machine you're a part of as you join this world and I think that there is a bit of a dehumanizing part of it and I could see that while we were getting jazzed up there was a few people on the dock that I saw having the opposite reaction instead of like oh boy oh boy it was like oh no oh no I don't think I'm ready like I could see that bit of panic yeah, it'll pass. So I think I think by day two you'll feel right back in it, and you'll be right right back where you were two years ago. Yeah, really yeah. it'll all come back. Yeah, everyone's lived experiences are gonna be good. Chris Simonite walking by. Hey, local artist, <laughs> excellent, absurdist. Uh, you have a great way of describing your work. Chris, come over here, Chris. We're podcasting right now. <laughs> here, yeah, I'll I'll give you my mic, and Greg is gonna do some some quick questions. Yeah, quick questions. Okay, should I take my mask off? No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chris Simonite. Introduce yes, yourself. So, yes. Th- I forgot my name, though. But you just said it. Oh, yeah, Chris Simonite. I yeah, got I got it. you. <laughs> I was... Exhibitor. <laughs> my name is X. My name is Exhibitor. All right. So, that's your name. Tell us about your artwork. Okay. So, I, I am an oil painter, which I think is fairly rare at these cons. I think so, too. And my most recent work, and I've done a ton of it, like hundreds in the last two years because of the... Maybe uh, we call it the event on this podcast. We call it the event. event. I've done these weird cubist paintings, well, cubist inspired paintings of pop culture and sometimes made up faces, but usually pop culture characters. You're wearing one on a t shirt right now. It is a clockwork orange painting. Yeah, it's beautiful. 
Yes, I yeah. call it. This one, this one was actually commissioned by a wealthy guy, like a wealthy collector in Miami off of Instagram. It's strange. Okay, so this was I was going to ask you. How do you, is this your first show back in two years? It is, two years. But you said you made hundreds of pieces of work. Oh, I've done so much. Now, I've only made prints out of 40 of them, 40 new ones. I could have done a lot more. I feel like you'd be, you should seem more insane. Yeah. More insane <laughs> having done hundreds of oil paintings. Yeah. You have, must have a well-ventilated area. Well, I actually have found ways of doing it uh, that are pretty, uh, pretty safe. I don't use any um, mineral spirits at all. Um, How are you going to go mad? I know, right? It's not good. But I used to work in the printing industry. <laughs> so you know and, all about it. Yeah, so I inhaled a lot of chemicals for years. All right, so you're probably so at like, any moment you could snap. I don't snap. want them. Yeah, I could snap any time. <laughs> I probably just did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm snapping right now. Being prompted. Um, Chris, thank you for being so yeah. um, amenial. Is that the right word? I don't know. Well, I, to, missed you, uh, I missed you guys. It's been so long. Oh, I yeah. missed you too. And then when you came by it. today yeah. and gave a brief hello, I, I saw that you were, you were fighting between the, your normal congeniality and the fact that you saw I was in the middle of unloading heavy boxes. I did. And so you left. So I was glad I you did. walked by and could rope you in. Yes, I figured that, you know, there's time. We will reconnect. We will. Yeah, and we'll have you on the show again. And I'll be also. right across from Justin, yeah, so I can wave episode. at him all, all day long. That's right. You yeah. can tell us what he's doing wrong. I can, I, yeah, yeah. Make a list of, oh, this is great. Okay. <laughs> While you're watching Justin, make a list, you know, it'll probably, there's room probably for hundreds, but maybe just a dozen things that you think he could do better, and then we'll have you on the podcast as a person or anything so, as a fellow exhibitor that annoys you about him. Ah. Add that to the list also. So, like, I don't think I can give him tips on his art because he's got that pretty nailed. He does have it. Well, he's all right. Don't tell him while he's here. Yeah. Don't say okay. while he's here. Okay. Well, he's, he's okay. Yeah. Can he do a cubist <laughs> painting in oil? You know what? It, it might, there might be a bit of a learning curve, but he probably could do it, I bet. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, well, thanks for uh, being a man on the street for yeah. us. Yeah, hey, I appreciate it. Why don't you tell the people who are listening where they can find you online uh, so they it, can see what I see on your shirt right now? There's so many places. But my website, I actually, my, my, my last name is so rare that I own the .com. What? Wow. So, Simonite.com. That's Simon with I-T-E at the end. .com is my website. Chris Simonite Art is my Instagram and Facebook. I think Twitter doesn't allow the word art, but I recently, my Twitter account has recently turned into a bot that just keeps posting my artwork. Nice. You've employed robots. So it's just Chris Simonite at Chris Simonite because I can't have the word art. I have, I have employed robots. If you're uh, near a computer right now, you should Google Chris Simonite Art. You will not be disappointed. Well, I Thanks for joining us, kudos. Chris. Thank you. You guys have fun. All right. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> See, just what you wanted. You said, let's pull someone in who walks by. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Quick fire interview. <laughs> Love it. That still only counts as one. What item at your table, Gregory, are you most excited about showing the public for the first time in person? They may have seen it online. You may have talked about it already. But you're actually going to see face-to-face -face interactions with what? So I was just saying this to Dan as we were unpacking uh, the podcast gear. I had this new lanyard that I made just before all shows got canceled. So it says the automatic age on it. It has my name on it. And I was so thrilled to bring it into the world. Uh, I had made it before the book came out as a way to promote it. And then lockdown happened and the book came out. And now we're, you know, a year and a half 
since he didn't even get to have a book launch. Didn't even get to have a book launch. So really, this is the first time that this book has been in public with me beside it. And you printed I'm, a brand new seven foot banner yes. for it, even. Yeah. Because some people, like at Quill Inquirer and other places, said some really nice things about it. And so, um, at the urging of my uh, publisher, we should share some of those things. So, I made a big banner with some pull quotes about the book. And uh, it does feel like a, a coming out party for the automatic age, for sure. Very close second in my heart is Dragon Nanny, though. And I was saying to my son this morning, he was... He was saying, what are you most looking forward to at the show? He knows I haven't been in a while. I said, the first honest review of Dragon Nanny that I'll see with my own eyes. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, that moment when a kid flips through it and they either love it or hate it, but they're not interested in my feelings at all. That is the moment. Right? It's got robots and dragons in it. Like, yeah, what, what's it's not to work? Automatic Age is different because it's prose <laughs> with illustrations. So right. you don't really know if you hate it until after you've already been tricked into reading it. And actually, that, that was my question and kind of thought about, you guys often talk about what you think is going to be your big seller or what, mm. what items go, what prints go better than others. Do you feel like Dragon Annie is going to be yours, Justin, this weekend? I really hope so. Yeah. I, do, I do have, um, from the, the two and a half shows that I have done. What's the half show? Uh, I did the Cinnaboyne Downs. Oh, yeah. I did like a little local craft market type thing. But I did a piece just for me um, based on the Lo-Fi YouTube channel yes. Oh, yes. that is for... I, I didn't realize, but it is one of my top sellers. And that was one of those pieces that did just for me, just for fun. Because you were staring at it all the time. Listening yeah. To music, I, yeah. I, well, I wanted to do like a, a sunny, I wanted sunbeams coming through a room and I wanted to draw a bunch of plants and boom, you never know. You never know. Yeah. Just do what you want and I've, something's going to stick. I have at least 25 new prints. I yeah. have a small number of at least 20 new things in the portfolio. Did you bring so. everything or did you? You just said he did, yeah. I brought a little bit of all of those 20, right. but I didn't print, like, you know, if we were going to do 10 more shows after this, like usual, I would print a lot and then figure it out. Uh, in this case, I just did, like, a sample, mm -hmm. and now this will be my way of figuring out You're not afraid that to what. one piece is going to take off, and you'll... Be totally, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, and, but I also, I'm okay. I, yeah. I packed the least amount of stress and the most amount of inventory. I tried to find the Venn diagram between that. So uh, normally I bring a lot more stuff and a lot more heavy things, but we fit it into one vehicle and uh, all in rolly suitcases. So it worked pretty good. What are your expectations for this weekend? <sighs> my fears or my... <laughs> well, what do you expect to happen? Like, what do you, yeah, fears, if you're afraid of those expectations, sure. But what do you think is going to happen? Well, I said one of them. What if I don't like... What if... I'm out of practice liking people. Right. That's a big one. Uh, my expectations for the show really are just to try to reconnect with the people who have made this career of mine here in Winnipeg possible. Before I sold books anywhere else, I sold books here. Mm -hmm. And I sold enough books here that it set an alarm off in my head that, oh, hey, maybe people would want these other places too. And so I want to reconnect with that group of people when you I, say here you don't like because normally we would do the comic-con but then there was also at least two other smaller comic conventions and the anime convention and a book event yeah. and some other like yeah. you would see a lot of these people not once per year but three or yeah, four times per year in some cases times. so these are you know they're not <sighs> your local customers it's disingenuous to say that they're like my friends because you know you're you, not, you only always, see them at cons right, right? so that's yeah but they're, they are conference they are acquaintances that have come to understand the work. And actually, there's a few 
that I'm thinking of now, I can see their faces, who never buy any of them. They actually don't like it. We just have a great conversation. <laughs> There's one guy who always comes and talks to me about whatever latest science fiction show there is. And we talk about that. He has never once looked at a print, bought a book, or overstayed his welcome. He's just had a very pleasant conversation. We have a lot of nerd overlap, and so we've had those kinds of interactions. So it's like things like that, those single-serving interactions I'm looking forward to, um, and yeah, I'm hoping to reconnect. It is fun when you run into somebody at a con that loves something obscure as much as you do. Like, yeah. You know, you got you really love like Rom Space Night, and you find someone else who loves Rom Space yeah. Night. Like and that, and that person is here. You know that person is here. Like that kid in Regina who we had a long conversation about uh, the USS Reliant as one of my favorite ships in Star Trek. And then the next day, he brought me a 3D printed the Reliant. Reliant. Right, yeah. yeah. Which is in the studio. You have yeah. That, yeah. Nice. Which one is the Reliant? In Wrath of Khan. Oh, yes, mm. of course. Right. I thought, I was thinking Defiant for a second. I'm like, no. That's, that's uh, mm. the... I like the Defiant. The Defiant well, is an excellent ship. The Reliant is better. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like things like that. Yes. It's, it sounds silly. No, it's uh, not. But the other thing, too, is that we have so little risk at a home show. You're not paying for flights. You're not paying for hotels. You're not paying yeah. for anything but the table. That There's real no way for it to go. Even if, for some reason, no one bought any single thing. It'd be worth the money I paid for my tables to have all those conversations that I told you. Okay. Not, right. not only that, but like because of the pandemic and having to pivot our businesses, we've kind of, we figured out how to make our livings without conventions. Mm -hmm. So this is really just kind of the cherry on top. We yeah. like, I just think like before conventions were my main source of income and this, like I needed this, yeah. but now it's like, I want to do this, but I don't need it. So there's this pressure that's been lifted. It's yeah, not the, as tied into my financial security as it once was. Yeah, the desperation for success um, is not present. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And that, I think, will help your, your table-side manner. Where, where if you're not desperate yeah. for sales, yeah. you're just going to relax and have fun and talk to people, right? Yeah. You're not, not going to be, like, have, hovering over them. We, we never, I don't think we were ever aggressive about no, it or, no, or anything like that. But it is, like... Although, yeah, if you're just, a long-time listener who's been to our booth and thought we were aggressive, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, Fan Quest 2018, man, you were really pushing. I was oh, like, man. I don't know. <laughs> I had that like shepherd's hook. I would just grab people and pull them and be like, look at this. <laughs> um, I will also say that um, I'm not sure what the cosplayers are going to do. I'm looking like I just don't know what that's going to look like because how do you put these masks into I, that attention to detail. Well, I expect a lot of uh, cosplay to incorporate masks. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a that... A lot of Mandalores? A lot of yeah. Sub-Zeros and Scorpions. Well, I mean, that's already the case. There's a lot of masks involved in cosplay anyway, mm -hmm. but I, I, I expect to see, like, um, basically a costume that just includes a mask as part of that yeah. costume, right? So, you know, just a Wolverine wore a mask. <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. Right? I saw some people printing the bottom half of their faces for masks on some cosplays oh, I saw okay. online. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right? So, so it looks like you're not wearing a mask at all. Yeah. Right. For the photos, because they want to yeah. have yes. the photo look right. Right? They're complying, cool. but they're not. I thought that was pretty funny. Right now! Proper nutrition at a mm. show is like essential yeah um we ate like a king's ransom in vegetables waiting in the line to get into here 
and then you know we've planned times to get food to have meals to do all that kind of stuff to get out of the show long enough to have that i just think that that's really important if you're new to the podcast and you're wondering about doing shows an often forgotten thing is the your own body like make sure you bring fuel for that and i I think you don't realize how how much exercise it is loading everything into the vehicle and then out again like you're Every suitcase is 50 plus pounds. All these boxes are 20 plus pounds. Like you're, you really are. You have to have a bit of a workout to get everything here. Yeah. And then if you have no food, no time to get food. Yeah. It's, yeah, you're not doing yourself any favors for your endurance of the show. And also, there's not a lot of healthy options around here. I'm looking at a mini donut cinnamon thing and a lemonade stand. Which I mean, you see those at every con, yeah. but that's pretty much your options here. There's probably hot dogs somewhere. And that hot becomes dogs, your bonus pizza. then, right? You <laughs> yeah. can have that. But, yeah. like, yeah, you're, you know, there's you're getting a There's not a lot of place to get a healthy meal here, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, what you didn't mention, I we assume it's Dragon Nanny, but maybe it's not, and maybe it's Lo-Fi Girl, but is there something in your heart that you think will be the one you're so glad that people so get to see. So our book number, we talked about it last podcast, <gasps> our book number four has arrived. I know, because I unloaded it from the loading dock <laughs> all by myself. Yeah, we, we haven't talked about that. So <laughs> while I was at uh, Hopewell Rocks in um, Nova Scotia, look it up. They're amazing. These huge gargantuan rocks that have been worn down by the ocean. So it's just these like mountainous rocks that are held up by little stems of rocks because the waves have just chewed them away. And then it's also um, the, the water when it comes in. The, the tide. The tide is the most extreme in Canada. So it's like it goes out like hundreds of meters and then comes back nine hours later. And so you have to be very careful. Like at a certain point, like it'll be dangerous if you're not very close to shore. Like a big rush of something. So, it was, you know, it's a good analogy because, well, he was very far away somewhere else waiting for an enormous heavy thing to come rushing towards him. That's where I was on the loading dock <laughs> waiting to unload his book as it arrived. My printer foamy and they're like, good news, we're, your book is done early. Can we drop it off tomorrow? Hmm. And I'm like, ah, this is not going to work for like me, but Halifax? maybe. Wow. <laughs> maybe. I said, okay, you because Gregory and I use the same printer for a lot, so you have his stuff on file. Can you give him a call and see if there's any way he might be around to accept the shipment? And before I had a chance to text you, yeah, Friesen's phoned me right away, and they're like, you know, I wonder if this it seems weird to me, but I've been told that maybe you'll <laughs> take this 1.1 ton of books into inventory on the behalf of this other person. I was like, absolutely. When? Tomorrow morning? Great. Let's do it. They I'd were be so like, Justin shocked. who? Yeah. <laughs> so, Wrong number. Yeah. So our studio smells of a printing press right now, which is, uh, it's starting to wear on me a little bit. It was great for the first day or two, but now... Well, and chemicals <laughs> Chris, Chris Simon about. I will point out, yeah, yeah, you don't want to be around that too long. It was honestly a kind of thrilling because it had been a long time since I'd had to show up at the loading bay for that. Well, kind it was of actually stuff. almost to the day Dragon yeah. Nanny arrived around this time last oh, year. Wow, that's right. Almost to the day. Oh my goodness. Okay, well maybe that's why it felt Whew. so right. And anyway, loading it in and then opening that box for the first time, and I it actually I have to say I felt a little it was like a little voyeuristic to open Justin's art, be the first one to crack the seal on, mm-hmm. open up Justin's art book. I took like boudoir photos of it to send to him. <laughs> I set it up in the right light and I sent <laughs> I sent the book photos to him. Oh, it has this gorgeous foil cover, so hey. uh, it has to hit the light just right. So I waited till the sun was slanting through the window and I just, <laughs> oh man, it's a sexy looking book. 
Yeah, I'm pretty excited about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be cool too. Yeah, this so you got lots of new. You both have lots of new stuff, and it sounds yeah. like Chris has lots of new stuff. So it sounds like hopefully the vendors here have all been hard at work, and the artists have been hard at work. You know, we won't have a repeat of what you saw at Calgary, and we will see people with new stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's because again, like when we talked about it at that podcast, a lot of people didn't have the opportunity to work on new stuff during the pandemic. So I think we will see a lot of similar looking booths to when we left. And Raging Ape look like they have a ton of new stuff. No. Did they not? So Raging Ape, uh, they just heard this story. They were so excited about the Toronto show in March in 2020, shipped pallets of their stuff to Toronto. Pandemic happened. It was canceled. So they had to get it all shipped back. So they took a big hit. So, But they have the entire Toronto show was ready to go. So So rather than stress themselves out. I see the new stuff. That's the stuff. It's actually old Mm. new stuff. Yeah, uh, Yeah. Raging Ape is also everybody at that at that table works at complex games and they are doing some amazing video game stuff with the warhammer franchise right now so they are they are super busy with real real work so this just to i think have that pre-packaged show Probably ready to go good. well i saw them unpacking just like health. some incredible looking art that i that was new to me so mm-hmm. i'm excited to see them and we have to get dave oro on the podcast yes. because he has a jody foster story that will bring to the show nice <laughs> yeah yeah Really great. Oh, man. Okay, so I'm starting to feel better about people. Although I'm in an empty room right now. So I feel maybe yeah. that's why I like people. Because <laughs> I'm just talking about the idea of people. Your uh, voice is also going to give out a little bit because you have to... Everybody has to speak a bit louder through the masks. The it's mask. a little harder to understand. So you're going to be... A lot of repeating yourself. Yes. There's going to be a lot of that. Yes. Yeah. What's that? Sorry? Yeah. I do that all the, every day. Especially when it's in full I'm swing. Sorry, Lots of people. <laughs> You, you take for granted how much you read lips while you listen. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of new, you know, properties, new things coming out. Or have there been? Dune, what else? Mm, nothing else, I guess. Well, the, Dune. The DC oh, fandom uh, just happened. Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi. Yeah. Shang-Chi. Expect to see some Shang-Chi art. I hope so. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I want a print of the bus. The <laughs> bus. Suicide Squad? I, I, I haven't seen it oh, yet. No, no, I would really would like I'm to pretty sure the bus it. is from Winnipeg. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> it's a new flyer bus. I think it's Suicide Squad. There was a new Halloween movie. Like these are. There's a lot of. There's been a lot of fodder for fan art. So there'll be a lot of new fan art. I mostly went to like, like all of my new pieces are ones that I wished I'd had time to get around and do just mm-hmm. for me. Well, yeah, which I took the time to then do. Just you were for explaining me. it to me like the other day. Like you did a lot of artwork more for you because you didn't have. You, you weren't doing it for your online store. You weren't right. doing it for conventions. So whereas I was still kind of thinking about how is this going to sell online? How is this going to sell at shows? You were kind of going, yeah, the other way and not worrying about that I quite went, as like, much. I full introvert in my art making. Like yeah. this is just what I want to make for the next three days. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I have a, like an enormous body of work, which I'm very proud of. Whether or not other people will like it, I'm... We'll we'll find out. Yeah, we will find out. Um, <laughs> did you bring your art book, speaking of body of work? Uh, I did, yes. Okay, good. I did. Yeah, good. Yes, I did. See previous podcasts for my shame related to my <laughs> other art book. <laughs> But I am going to give, my plan is, those regular customers I told you about, those like people that um, helped give me that confidence, my plan is to award many of them with a copy of that book, whether they know it or not. It'll either show mm. up in their bag, it'll show up on their, uh, with their other purchases or whatever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fairy dust it on a few people. So if you're listening to this a few weeks from now, and you're like, why did this crabby book end up in my bag? What did he do to me? That was actually a gift. I, I, I intended that to be a gift. Actually, that's actually a pro tip. Locals are more likely to do deals on things than any other show. 
because we didn't have to pay right. to fly there, stay there. It's an expensive new city. We're local, so I'm I'm more likely to throw in extras, totally. throw in a bonus print than any other show yeah. Uh, yeah. during the year. So it pays so, to know who's local. I, yeah. I wonder. Yeah. Well, a local and likes people. <laughs> <laughs> you know. My friends. You bow to no one. I think I must be recognizable when behind the mask because people are looking and saying hi and stuff to me. Yeah. Because people walk by. You're famous. Uh, well, not really, but uh, podcast I mean, Dan. I know, no, but I'm, <laughs> no, I think more for the fan quest. I'm fan quest Dan to a lot of people here. Yes. Uh, not podcast Dan, but, uh, um, but it's great. I love seeing all these faces. I actually sent an email out to all the fan quest vendors. I don't remember if I copied you guys or not. Um, just to say, it's what we talked about. Just to say, hi, I'm still here. We're still having an event. Just letting you know. Just waiting to see what happens. And basically, yeah. my, my message was, I'm going to, the, like I said, I'm going to be here at this uh, con this weekend. If you see me, say hi. Um, we're still kind of waiting to see how everything plays out. And that's re- and this weekend, I'm, I'm going to be back here uh, tomorrow at least, or, and maybe Sunday as well, to, to see how it's going, to see what the traffic's yeah. like, to analyze it, and, and just kind of assess whether or not I think we can successfully run a fan quest in the spring mm-hmm. with as little, like, I want it to be as close to normal as possible, right? right? right. So you know that's the person to talk to is that person at the security desk who works for the convention center and not the show. Ah. If I was going to go and like ask someone, like, what are the real problems, that's who I would go yep. and say. Because those mm. things aren't going to make the media. They aren't gonna, they're going to be the problems that actually happened that aren't widely known. Yeah, and, uh, but also I can see them, too. If I see problems happening, I can observe. Right. That's, you can that's, cause a few problems I don't to see how people react. Yeah, it's called a fire alarm. Let's do that. Remember when that happened? That was like, what, five, six years ago? Oh. Was it, or does it happen oh, every yeah. year? <laughs> I remember one particular year, they kept pulling the fire alarm. It kept going off over and yeah. over and over again. Somebody Man. was doing that. Yeah. Rivals. <laughs> Rivals. Yeah, now, is show- that over there, gentlemen, is that, in fact, the severed head of a human being under a tarp? Or is that just a coffee? I think it's a water jug. Carafe. Are you trying to really pump spookiness into our Halloween episode. I guess it is. Because this Halloween is our Halloween episode. Yeah. yeah. Happy Halloween, everybody. Watch <laughs> yeah. a scary movie. It really did. Look at that. It looks like a... I've been watching scary movies all month. Yeah. Yeah, you have. How's that going? It's going really well. I'm Do having you, a lot of fun. Like, does it, like, affect your psyche? Do you feel like you're more bummed out this month than... Well, I tell you, when I've done this in the past, yes, because I didn't. Well, here's the thing. I didn't. The first time I did this, I was just kind of on a whim, like, oh, what do I feel like watching tonight? And just picking a scary movie and watching it. And that was really the only. So I didn't really think about what the movie was about or what, how it would affect me. And I watched, like, Hereditary and then a couple yeah. of other ones in a row. That Hereditary were really, is one you need a break at. Yeah, but I didn't take a break. And Hereditary did. And that was the first time I'd seen it, too. Oh so that goodness. was also a problem. Um, <laughs> this year, what I'm doing, I planned it out a little bit better. I have theme weeks I've done. Mm. So I did, like, the first week with just movies I'd never seen so I want to catch up and I saw some really good ones that way and then the second week was supposed to be the classic so all mm-hmm. the you know, greatest ones of all time I watched three of those and then I got sidetracked with the Midnight Mass which is another story for another time oh. you guys scared me into watching and I'll tell that story in another episode uh, so I but I'm counting Midnight Mass as, a, as three movies because it's a seven hour series right, right? Yeah. so that's fine um, and then I did 80s week, so it's just all movies from the 80s, S- seven movies from the 80s, which is a lot when you think about it, and I, d- I didn't really think about it. I watched Gremlins last night with my kids. Oh, 14 hours of I breath. saw Gremlins when I was eight years old. My parents took me to the theater when it came out. That's too young. That's I too was young. way too young. <laughs> I spent much of the movie standing on the like flip-up seat, like standing, facing the other way. Speaking of like elevator facing the wrong way, yep. this was eight-year-old Gregory turned terrified. My parents were like, 
you know, th that was that generation. Well, we paid for the ticket. We ain't leaving. You better watch it. Right? You can turn around <laughs> if you want, but we're here for the movie. And uh, utterly terrified me. My bedroom was in the basement. So I came home and Ooh. I had a big closet where the door didn't close all the way. And I was convinced that one of those horrible green skin monstrosities was going to come out, cut me, and then run back into there. <laughs> I, I didn't sleep a wink that night. Uh. So I showed it to my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I realize I'm the same age that my dad was when he took me to see right. Gremlins. Yeah. They're a little older, and they've seen, like, an episode of Stranger Things or two. Like, they were, yeah. they understood. What was interesting about it is once they saw it, afterwards we discussed all the different shows, cartoons, movies, things they've watched that reference Gremlins that they now realize, oh, mm. they're just doing that. Oh, this is the influence of that's, that. That's something I find is really interesting about my children is that they they understand a lot of my references, my old references, but not because they've seen the movie because or the of TV references show, to those references. <laughs> yes, it's because of a meme. I was like, how do you yeah. know what that is? A meme? Oh, okay. There's a meme for that. I guess so. Yeah, I so. remember watching Psycho for the first time, and it almost seemed like parody because yes. I'd seen it referenced so many times that like e e e when the the woman's getting stabbed in the shower. Like, I'd seen so many things make fun of that when I was watching the actual movie. I couldn't take it seriously. Yeah, like Rambo 2 is a parody of itself. Um, I, I, just to add and to let people know what I've been doing now, I've been watching all these movies, but I'm also making TikToks about each movie. Mm -hmm. um, and you, uh, you can see them on TikTok, but also I think I'm sharing them to my Instagram and Facebook stories. You can see them there as well. And basically it's just a little one-minute blurb about the movie. And what I'm trying to do is just share my thoughts and my experiences around the movie. So for Psycho, which I did watch this month, um, I told a story about how I the first... The Vince one, right? No. <laughs> Come on. Um, no, I, I was the, the original, and I, I told my story about when I first saw that movie, and it was actually in a film studies class at the University of Manitoba, and my professor was Guy Madden. So oh, yeah. that was a fun little thing. And, Guy and, Madden, I feel like, would be a good person to talk you through a film like oh, that. Oh, he's great. It was, it was awesome. But the problem is half the class started laughing at the end because the, the psychiatrist at the end was trying to explain to the people what's wrong with Norman Bates. Right. Mm -hmm. And these people are like how do you not understand what's wrong with <laughs> like why do we have to have this person explain to us and it's because back then the idea of a split personality wasn't very widely known, wasn't widely known. well so, i'll say that about gremlins too there was sorry, this just what what is your tiktok oh dan watches movies okay there we go dan watches movies yes i'm gonna check it out there's a scene in gremlins where you know my kids were like well of course of course that's true everyone knows that about the holidays where the two main characters are talking about hey did you know that Christmas is one of the saddest times of the year for an enormous number of people, right? And of course, that would have gone over eight-year-old Gregory's head oh, yeah. for sure. But it's weird to me that in 1984, maybe not weird, but it's just interesting to look at old media and see that in 1984, filmmakers, producers, uh, actors, like all of those people engaged in this moment in the middle of what is essentially a ridiculous film to stop and be like, hey, yeah, just so you know, we know that Christmas isn't great for everyone. Yeah. Right? And was Gremlins released around Christmas? Was it like I meant to be a Christmas movie? I but my kids were like, well, yeah, everyone knows that about the holidays. Is this? Why would they? That's not something we knew as kids. We didn't. No. This is exactly it. Don't you let go. Don't let go. Final thoughts on the con this weekend. We, we both have a lot of space. I'm really, like, I love having enough space to really stretch out and do everything that I want to do. Yeah, the um, local show is good for that. Yeah, having this much stuff and, I could like, land a dirigible in the space yeah, that yeah. I have. <laughs> Gregory's got Can a great... Can you please do that? That would be fun. <laughs> it, would, it would be a, definitely an activator for people, yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. What do you do differently when you have that much space? Or what does it do to your mental space to have physical space like that when you're doing a show? I think, yeah, it's just, it makes everything a little bit, um, a little bit more organized, like a little bit more stress-free. Like you don't have to, I feel like everything's fighting for attention if I've got two smaller tables. But here the tables are a little bit bigger and I have three tables and Gregory has four. And so we can really kind of go all out and do, you see somebody you know? Yeah, I thought so maybe. I was going to catch someone. But, um, but yeah, it's especially local when we are going to go overboard and bring more than we can ever bring. Um, getting those extra tables makes a big, big difference. Um, you get it too, I know. My, one of my favorite bits of feedback, I mean, it's 100%. This is just my ego talking now. Um, when oh, someone says, hey, Drake. where are you from? And you say, oh, you're from Winnipeg, and they're so surprised. Wait, who's here? There's Drake. Should I go get him? Is that Drake? Yeah. I'll go get him. Okay. (laughs) You recognize the hair? (laughs) And he's wearing a Scissor 7 hoodie. Nice. Which is a a quirky, funny little anime that he introduced me to, which I never would have liked on my own, but because I was watching it with him and Carmen, his girlfriend, and they were like, they love it. It was like, it was a show I'd never like, but because I watched it with the right people. Right, right, yeah, yeah. that's always well. fun. Grab your Here. It's Drake. Your Hello. You have to... Welcome to Winnipeg. Hello. Is this the podcast that this I've been is, missing out on? This is Super Pulp Science. Yeah. Which you've been a guest of twice. Yes. Maybe three times. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was just explaining to Dan about your shirt being from a show that I oh. would have never gotten into on my own. Yeah, isn't it awesome? yeah, yeah. Cool. But I was there when you bought it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're watching him like, I want that shirt. And then we went on like the basically the Chinese Amazon and grabbed one. <laughs> yeah. Drake, you're um, back here in Winnipeg for a con for the first time in a couple of years, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling? Great. Yeah. It's just great getting out again. Um, I didn't you just know. got back from Toronto. Yeah, I just got back from Toronto. I didn't realize how much I missed just being on the road and selling my artwork. Like, I knew I kind of, like, missed the lifestyle, but at the same time, it's pretty nice sitting cozy at home drawing all day. But, yeah, now that I'm actually on the road and doing it again, it's really enjoyable, uh, really exciting. Yeah, just fun. You find your, your customers are coming to find you at the cons and, and seeing, you know, the regular people? Yeah, yeah, I definitely saw quite a few regulars in Toronto, which I, I'm not too surprised because they also, like, probably were itching to go to a convention again themselves, right? Yeah, and how was the show? I haven't heard any... It was really good. Yeah. Um, I did the Calgary one. I think you were there yeah. too, right? Yeah. And like, just like the Calgary one, even though it was shrunk down from four days to three days, um, sales-wise, we were still just as busy and people were just as enthusiastic. Obviously, nice. the show floor was a lot less impressive. Like, they didn't even bother putting down the red carpet at Fan Expo, Aww. which they used to do. I love the red carpet. Which made carpet. it feel so fancy. <laughs> yeah. All the vendors were like... You know, they looked like little mom-and-pop shops around the city that just signed up last minute. But, no, it was a good show for an exhibitor, so, good. yeah. Hi, Drake. Hey, Greg. And you got to stay with my brother. Yes. Yeah. I sent my little brother to do the Toronto yeah. show for me while I was on vacation because I'm a selfish older brother. Did we cover the fact that uh, one of the other things that happened over the course of you being in Halifax is you didn't let me know that Drake's prints were arriving, so I... I didn't know either. <laughs> 
<laughs> you just you texted me when they were already here. Oh my god. Are you talking about the second batch or the first batch? Both. Oh. I wasn't here for any of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I got you. Oh, sweet. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. yeah. No, Justin was like, yeah, just send them to the studio. It's safer. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Shooting yeah. And like, receiving Gregory was right. You, yeah, there for you did. You. That was a while ago, and I just completely forgot about it. <laughs> they arrived. Yeah. And you arrived. You're here in Winnipeg. Yes, sir. Yeah. Did you just get here? Like, no, we you... got here yesterday. No, no, but I mean, like, at the convention, like, have you started setting up? Did yeah. Did we grab I... you right in the middle? Oh, no, no. I was, like, setting up since 1230. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you've been here for a bit. Nice. Yeah. I actually saw you, like, eating some snacks at your booth. I was going to go over and, like, say hi and get my prints, but then, like, I looked over again and you were gone again. I was like, oh. It's been a hectic morning. Yeah. So. I'm noticing, too, now that the three of us are all together, that people's masks actually have started to, like, like, people have found the mask that they like. You know, like, this yeah. is a very Drake yeah, mask. The one you're wearing, it's, like, it looks, like, technical. <laughs> it's a little bit, like, precision. It's kind of like how you draw. Justin's is very comfortable. This is my comfy moving in mask. I've got my fancier mask at my table mask. ready to go. Yeah. Right. So I brought a couple different masks, switch it up. Yeah, I have like a checker pattern on mine. It just, uh, you know, just because no one else has one like that. <laughs> strange, strange. So what, you've been doing shows though? Yeah. Uh, Calgary yeah. and Toronto only so far. Okay, yeah. so let's not talk about any of that. What's it like being in Winnipeg again? About the same, I don't know. It feels the same. Yeah? Yeah, it feels was just nice. Yeah, it's like I said earlier, it's nice just getting out of the studio or my home after for so long. I got, like, really used to just, you know, waking up, drying, playing games, going to sleep, rinse and repeat. Yeah. Yeah. You need to, you need to Oh, I almost that. feel sorry for you. No, <laughs> not at all. Routine. No, not at all. Um, one of the questions that has been asked so far on the show today is, do you have a piece... Uh, that you're excited to put in front of people again for the first time after so long? Yeah, like 30 of them. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like Chris Simon. I have also been working real hard while you've been at home. Yeah, well, like, uh, well, when I started, when lockdown happened, at first I really relied on commission work and, like, studio work. And then I realized I really missed just doing illustrations of things I loved, which was what, you know, worked for conventions. So I tried to move onto like the online shop and try to move prints online. That didn't go really well, but like I was stubborn, so I just kept doing it. Even you get to draw it, what you like, yeah. and it's not like it's wasted time. You're eventually gonna be at yeah, I knew conventions. Like, yeah, I knew eventually it was just more product for cons when they do startups, so I was like, whatever. So you just I, wrote it out. Yeah. Yeah, chased the muse until it got tired. Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> I come back. Amazing. Well, my I just realized as I ran to get your prints yeah. that I when I ran to the podcast, of course, we were the only people setting up in there. So the huge mess that I made while I was setting up and just abandoned is now <laughs> in other people's way for sure. So I should go and uh, clean that mess up. So this is maybe a good place for us to round up because you should be a good convention neighbor. When you're at a convention. It's one of those rare on-location podcasts, too. We've only done this. We did this with, like, Sam on the way to Saskatoon. Yeah, when we nearly got killed in that haunted house. Yeah. Or haunted old church. Spooky. Yeah, that's right. I thought we were recording our last wills and testament before we went in. <laughs> yeah. See previous episode? No. Oh, Dan's no. not going to let not going <laughs> to post it in there. All right. Well, this has been Super Pulp Science, where we do talk about how genre gets made. We're here on location at the Winnipeg Comic Con. Join the fight and make comics.